0: that most people want out of life? What is it that you believe or think that most people want to gain or get out of life? The main thing that most people seek is happiness. It is joy and complete satisfaction in every aspect of life. More than one-third of the people in the world are not happy. And the numbers show that in all the surveys they do that it has not changed in the last forty years. Tragically, both happiness and joy have become very elusive to most folks. During in the last couple of years, we've had COVID. And COVID has brought on many deaths and sicknesses and a lot of financial strain in, in our world and, and in our own homes. And the surveys and the questions and the surveys that they've done has shown that depression has went way up, alcohol use, drug use has increased greatly, suicide has went up, and all of these things because people lack joy and happiness. What does the Bible say about getting and gaining happiness? The book of Philippians that was just read just a moment ago in chapter 1 and verses 12 and 14. I want you to get your Bibles and I want you to turn to that chapter. And we will be right there in Philippians all, all this lesson. Paul has a lot. The book of Philippians has a lot to say about keeping joy. This epistle, if you remember, was written by the Apostle Paul. And not only was it written by him, but he was written by him while he was in prison. And Paul had lost his freedom and he lost his freedom because he promoted the gospel of Christ. And yet, despite his terrible circumstances, he was able to maintain joy and peace in his life. When you look on over into Philippians in chapter 4, In verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. These words were penned by a man who lost his freedom, who was put into prison, but he still had enough to muster up those words. Paul was able to maintain that joy. And that happiness amidst all of his difficulties in life. How was Paul able to keep the joy during the rough times? This morning, I want to suggest to you four reasons and four ways that Paul was able to keep that joy and that happiness even in the difficult times of his life. As you can see, the book begins when he's riding and Timothy's with him. And you can see that according to verse 4 that he prayed for these people. And that he was in fellowship with them in the gospel. And they financially supported him there in verse 5. And now I want you to meet me down at verse 12. And the first thing this morning, how was Paul able to maintain those things? Is that he chose to see positives in a rough circumstance. He was writing to these fellow servants of Christ, <clears throat> and Paul could see the good that was being accomplished through his suffering. And as was read just a moment ago, and starting in verse twelve, he said, "I would be, I, but I would." Ye should be understood, understood understand, brethren. I get it out in a second. That the things which happen unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. Things that have occurred to me; these rough times have brought about the furtherance of the gospel. So that my bonds in Christ are manifest, or became manifest in Christ, in all the palace, in all other places. And many or most of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So Paul could see the good that was being accomplished through his suffering. Through his suffering, Paul was able to preach to important political uh, officials he was able to preach to the guards and the prisons and to Felix and to Festus and to King Agrippa. And he was able to inspire other disciples to do the work of evangelism. And when you go to the book of 2 Corinthians in chapter 12 and verses 7 through 10, Paul speaks there of that thorn in the flesh given to him by Satan And he says that I prayed three times that those things would be removed from me, that thorn in the flesh, and God simply said no. He says my grace is sufficient for you. You see, I asked you the question this morning, do you have that mindset like Paul this morning? During this time that we're in, it's the easiest time of the last couple of years for us to think only about the bad or to focus on the sickness that has come about in our lives. To focus upon the deaths and the the challenge of, of having to wear a mask wherever you go. But you know, Paul used these things to find the joy. You see, it's hard going through those difficult times. There's tough periods in our life. But Paul looked at these times as times to grow and to challenge people to grow. Maybe You've been challenged to grow and to remember uh, things in, in the scripture and, and to really appreciate being able to come and worship in person or, or, or uh, go to school in person or, or whatever the case may be. We've had a lot of opportunities to be challenged, but also challenges bring upon growth. And Paul's seen those things. You know, far too many times we take blessings for granted, don't we? Those things I just spoke of. Good health. Sometimes we take advantage. Being able to get up and, and come to service without hurting or, or taking forever to get ready. As some of our elderly people see that, we take those things for advantage sometimes. But Paul chose to see the positives in the rough circumstances. Number two was by maintaining an unselfish mindset. He was a person who was unselfish. He wanted to think about other people and help other people during this time of his life. And we this time of our life and the time that we're in are we thinking about only me or myself or are we thinking about other people usually this time of year we think about often about other people and we do a lot of good things for them But Paul was unselfish and he had an unselfish mindset There was a wise old man who said one time to me, he said, Son, he said, there are two types of Christians in the Lord's church. He said, There are those who wear aprons, and he said, There are those who wear bibs. And Christians who wear those bibs are those that are selfish and solely focused on their needs. They're the Christians who is asking the question, who, who, who's going to focus on me? Who's going to ask me how I'm doing? To call and check on me, or, or who's going to ask me well, what what I need, or, or, or am I what? Who's going to give me all the attention? But then the other person is the one who wears that apron, who's a servant, who walks around with a totally different mindset. They simply ask the question: Who in this church needs me? who in my life or my workplace or wherever I may go, who needs me? Who needs my help? Who needs my assistance? Who needs something a little financially or spiritually? Who can I serve? Not who's going to serve me. You see, Paul maintained that unselfish mindset. Who needs my help, he says. You go to Philippians chapter 2 in verses 3 through 5, and Paul speaks to this. He said, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was what? In Christ Jesus. You see, that's an exhortation to these people in that time and to us today. What can I do for someone else? How can I put others before me? And while suffering, Paul chose to focus on serving his brethren and the lost. Even locked up in prison and behind bars, steel bars, Paul is maintaining an unselfish mindset. And we could think today, even in sickness, even in death, even in financial despair, or even in whatever case we are facing in our lives, we could have that same. That unselfish mindset and choose to find the positives in every circumstance. You see, it's challenging for Satan to steal a disciple of Christ's joy when they are focused first on being a servant. We need to have that mindset as Paul had as to share with others, uh, share comfort with others, share share our, our abilities with others to help other people. And when we're wearing aprons in the Lord's church, it's hard for Satan to take that joy away. But I want to tell you, when we wear shoes to wear bibs, he can steal it in a second. Paul had that mindset of keeping his joy in no matter what he was in. Thirdly, Paul Kept his joy by staying focused on heaven. Now remember again. Where Paul was writing this letter from. He was writing it from the bars of prison. And when you go over to Philippians chapter 3. And you find there. uh, In verse 20 and 21. Notice what the Bible says to us. For our conversation, or citizenship, is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like or conformed to, unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. You see, when we stay focused, it helps us keep our heads on straight. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been told that many times in my life. Your head ain't on straight. You need to get your head on straight. You need to think clearly. You need to think the way God would have you to think. You need to think righteously. And when we stay focused on where our home is, it's easy for that to happen. You see, we need to understand that the United States is not our home. Our true home lies in heaven. Paradise, when we're waiting on that judgment day. And instead of focusing on his difficult circumstances, as we're talking about Paul, Paul chose to focus on what awaited him in the hereafter. He's focused on that paradise, that awaiting place for heaven. And you see, staying focused on heaven helps us remember that all the problems we face in, face in this life are just temporary. Temporary. There will come a time when the trials of this world will cease and eternity for us will begin. Now as we think about where our focus should be, we need to understand that we just can't focus on on this and, and hope to make it to paradise. A lot of people say, well, I live every day for the Lord to come back and to take me home. I live every day to die and go to heaven because I want to, be, I want to be there with my loved ones and I have loved ones I want to be with and I want to stay focused on that. It takes a whole lot more than just focusing on when the Lord's going to come back so that we do make it to that wonderful place. You see, keeping that promise in mind will give us that spiritual fuel that we need to press on. Remembering again that problems will not last forever. Remember where our true home is. That we'll always have peace and joy. And what Paul is saying He says, good things are coming for me and for everyone else that lives in the Lord. He he writes later on, he says that the dead in Christ will rise first and will meet our Lord in the air. He says, good things are coming. So not only did Paul choose to see the positive in rough circumstances and keeping that joy, maintaining an unselfish uh, mindset and staying focused on where his true citizenship lies, last but not least, he was learning to be content. You see... His joy, that sustained joy, doesn't come to the discontent. Did you hear that? Sustained joy. Now the key word is sustained. All the way through. Every day. Doesn't come to those who are discontent. It doesn't come to those who live under the illusion that happiness is about getting one's circumstance imperfect perfect in life. A lot of people want to live their lives that way. They want to say, I'll, I'll become a Christian when I get everything perfect and get everything right. Or I'll get serious about Christianity when I get everything right and perfect. You see, you're living in a delusion I'll be better at doing these things that Paul did when I get everything right. I'll worry about my joy and keeping it when I get everything right. I can tell you this morning that will never happen. Many people look at things like this. If I had that job, that that, that other job over there, everything would just be perfect. Or if I had that money that could be made over there, everything would just be perfect. If I had had someone, another wife, and I was married to someone else, it, it, it would be perfect. If I had that house over there, or that land, or that item, or that whatever, everything would just be perfect. I'm gonna tell you, that's not gonna happen. In Philippians chapter four, verses 10 through 13, Paul writes, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, That now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Now that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith or therein to be content. I know both how to be abased, I know how how to abound. Everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ or in him which strengtheneth me. You see, Paul's joy was found in having a fellowship with Jesus Christ. Paul was content with knowing Jesus and being thankful that he took care of his most significant problem, which was sin at Calvary. You see, one might say today, Well if everything <coughs> if I went to if I went to that church over there, everything would be a whole lot better or if, if, if we weren't divided in Washington and the political scene wasn't like it was and, and, and the Democrats against the Republicans and Republicans against the Democrats, and if all that was fixed, it would be perfect. All that political stuff, if I just had more stuff. Paul was content with having Christ. He knew If just having Jesus and his focus was on heaven and having Jesus in his life, everything would be okay. That's where we have to come to. If we're going to have a maintaining joy and keep joy in life, we need to do as Paul has instructed us this morning, is find the positives in that rough circumstance. Maintain that unselfish mindset. Stay focused on heaven. That's where we all want to go. And just be content with what we have, who we have, and most of all, Christ. You see, too many Christians today live looking at circumstances. What are my circumstances right now? Right now at this 11 o'clock hour, 10 o'clock hour headed to the 11, what are my circumstances? Are they good? Everything great? Maybe they are. I hope they are. Maybe they're not. Maybe there's been a lot of things that stole their joy. And just as Paul has written to us this morning and said to us, maybe this morning you need to choose to find the positive. It's not always easy. Many of us have lost loved ones this year and last year and I just lost my dad a few weeks ago, and that's been really hard on me. Really, really hard. Maybe you've lost someone in, in your life. This time of the year is hard. The difficulties of the seasons of, of Christmas and the holidays is hard. But can we find a positive? Can we find a positive? Can we be unselfish? Can we stay focused on heaven? Can we be content of where we are? Because we know where we're going. That's the focus. As I bring you back to the scripture we talked a moment ago in chapter 4 and verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. God wants his people to have joy. The joy, this joy is ultimately found in Jesus Christ. And the question is this morning, are you in Christ? Have you been baptized for the mystery of your sins and added to the Lord's church You've heard the word. Do you believe that he's the son of God? You repent. Have you? Are you willing to pen and confess his name, turn from those sinful ways and be baptized for the remission of your sins? We encourage you to do that. Maybe you just need repentance and we need prayer. Maybe you need us to pray with you and for you to help you through these difficult times. I don't know your situation this morning. I know some of the things that people are going through and difficulties, but I brought this lesson this morning because this time of year is hard sometimes to have joy. It is for me, I told you, sometimes what I preach, I need to hear. Because I, I mean, I've, allowed, I've allowed Satan to take some of my joy away. Focusing on things that I don't need to focus on. And trying to find that happiness, that sustaining happiness. Your circumstance does not have to define whether you have joy or not. This morning, wherever your need may be, please come. We're will to stand as we sing.